Ross has all the spring deals you want, so you can say yes to more looks for you and your budget. Tube tops for less? Yes. Dad shorts for the weekend? Yes. Mini skirts for less than online? That's a yes for you and your bank account. Find your certified yes for me moment and save 20 to 60% off department store prices every day at Ross. Hurry in for spring deals today. Items and styles vary by store. Do you want to set your child up for success? Is tutoring out of your budget or perhaps you're someone like me who just wants to save money on private tutoring? Is this a big school year for your child? You know, maybe they're starting kindergarten or middle school. Maybe there's another milestone coming up. Or maybe your family moved. Oh my gosh, I moved so much when I was growing up. And the kids are starting a new school. Or maybe your child is ahead and just not getting challenged enough in class. Well, IXL Learning is here to help. IXL Learning is a fun online learning program for kids covering math, language, arts, science, and social studies. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or the personality. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. That's right. It is school approved. So make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And how to be fine listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at ixl.com/fine. Visit ixl.com/fine to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Again, that's ixl.com/fine. It's happened to all of us. Right before an important presentation, the printer runs out of ink. Brother Inkvestment tank printers help put a stop to this and can literally change the way you ink. With your choice of up to one or two years of ink included in box, Inkvestment tank helps eliminate the expense and hassle of frequently buying and replacing ink cartridges. Learn more at changethewayyouink.com. Big news, everyone. Christine Baranski is back as Diane Lockhart in the new season of The Good Fight. Along with Kush Jumbo, Rose Leslie, Sarah Steele, Audra McDonald, Delroy Lindo, and Michael Sheen. Join the fight by heading over to cbs.com book to redeem your free trial of CBS All Access to watch the new season now streaming exclusively on CBS All Access. That's cbs.com book to redeem your free trial of CBS All Access. The following podcast contains barnyard language and some adult content. So maybe use headphones if you're listening at work or around small children. Now, here's the show. Hey, Jolenta. Hey, Kristen. It has been one week since we lived by the four agreements, and you know what that means. It's time for another By the Book mini-episode. That's right. It's time for another By the Book epilogue. This week, we're looking at the aftermath of Living by the Four Agreements, a practical guide to personal freedom by Don Miguel Ruiz. We are so overwhelmed by the amount of people who wrote in with their support and just super smart things to say after this episode. So 
Let's dig in to some listener responses, shall we? Yeah. Should we start with some people who actually liked the book? Oh, do let's. Yes. All right. So Stuart says this. I really like The Four Agreements. I read it three to four years ago, and it has been a great reminder of how to live and love. I'm genuinely surprised at the backlash from By the Book fans and the hosts, as I have friends with histories of trauma similar to those expressed by the hosts, and they too recommended the book. Perhaps it's better to live by the agreements and not dive too deep into the author's exploration, as Kristen said in the verdict. I think writing off the four agreements because of the poor way the author addresses abuse is unfortunate because taken on a day-to-day basis, they hold up and have great power against one's everyday stress and toxic thinking patterns. Yeah, that is exactly what Kristen was saying in her verdict. If you just look at the table of contents, that is some real good advice. When, you know, it's expounded upon, (laughs) it's real rough. Our next letter of someone who enjoyed the book is from Beth. Beth says, I read this in my early 20s and found it really helpful. I was prone to overpromising and then coming up short, a.k.a. not being impeccable with my word and taking everything personally, which, working in retail at the time, was really not working for me. Remembering that what other people say, even if it's about me, reflects more on them than it does me, helped me to develop a water-on-a-duck's-back attitude to what crotchety customers say and also their tone of voice. Some 10 years later, it's amazing to me that other people in customer service jobs haven't developed this skill. I'm frustrated with the company or the product, not you, and you don't have to take it personally that I sound angry. Very interesting, Beth. Yeah. I mean, when you work in customer service, you and I both have done Oof. Cus- plenty of customer service, they Joe Lenta. are always angry. Yes. And yeah, if you're going to take all of that personally, oof. You couldn't. You couldn't. Just no. There'd be too much to shoulder. Yes. You wouldn't be able to make it through a day without crying roughly about 50% of the day. Totally. Yeah. 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 All right. So we heard from a couple people who got some good things out of the four agreements. Now let's hear some people who didn't. Zoe says... I almost didn't want to listen to this podcast because of my own bad experience with this book. My stepfather gifted it to me and credits it with changing his life. But I think one of the steps is actively damaging. The step that I would skip as someone who read and tried this book as well is do your best. As a recovering perfectionist and people pleaser who grew up thinking I had to always have good grades in order to be loved and valued, always doing my best is an actively harmful thing for me. I'm proud of the standards I keep, but trying to live up to them all the time just does not work for me in the long run. For me, and perhaps for a lot of people, the alternative agreement to live by is don't do your best. Sometimes we need to stop trying to be the perfect friend, the perfect employee, the perfect girlfriend, the perfect human. I understand the author tries to encompass this into his rule, but for me, that doesn't work. My life is actively better when I try not to do my best or worry about being good all the time. I love that. Don't do your best. My new agreement. (laughs) I only got one. And it's fucking under promise and over deliver. Such good advice. Everyone, you got to do what works for you. It's true. Our next letter, which I love, comes from Mari, who points out just some flaws in the book. Mari says... In addition to the issues you covered in your episode, it struck me as I listened that the book seems logically flawed. On the one hand, you are meant to forgive people who have done horrible things to you because they didn't know any better and are a product of their circumstance. On the other hand, you, as a reader of the book, are meant to work actively to become a better person, which presumes that you are not a victim of your circumstance and can actually work to become better. Which one is it, Dawn? 
Oh, yeah. Um, a few people wrote in pointing this out. There are some logical flaws with things oh, here. Oh, totally. Or like the same with if do your best encompasses, you know, being a kind person, but then someone is like, you're hurting my feelings. And the book also says, like, don't listen. Like, that's their own abuse talking. Oh, they're taking things personally. But are you doing your best if someone's (laughs) giving you feedback saying, you know, hey, you could be better in this area? Like, there are a lot of catch-22s if you compare the advice. Yeah. And thank you to our listeners for pointing it out for us. Yes. All right. We've heard from people who love the book, who hate the book. And now let's talk about some people who have some love-hate for me. Oh, my favorite topic. Let's first start off with some criticism of me, I'd say it's a friendly question. Yes, all right. Meredith has this to say to you, Kristen. I didn't understand why Kristen went the opposite way with her assumption thinking. I thought that not making assumptions would mean just not assigning a belief to why someone is doing something, especially since you really don't know why they're doing it. So instead of, that guy is an asshole, or, yay, he's about to have a baby, why can't it just be like, oh, that guy is on his phone while driving? Mm, Meredith, you're not the only person who wrote in with us. And I'm going to tell you something. Tell us. Because I don't think I went from a positive assumption mindset to a negative assumption mindset there. You don't. No. I think I went from a positive assumption mindset to acknowledging what I saw right before my eyes, which was a guy sitting at a stoplight, tap, tap, tapping, 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 tapping his phone. He yeah. was clearly doing something that was illegal. Yeah. And in all but three states in the U.S., it is illegal to text while behind the wheel whether or not you are at a red light. So the fact that he was breaking the law and that Texting and driving causes more accidents than drunk driving and that 1.6 million crashes happen a year because of texting and driving. And because even when people are at a red light, they sometimes make really dumb mistakes Mm -hmm, while they're texting mm -hmm. and driving. So this guy was still an asshole, in my opinion. I think it's completely wrong. Mm -hmm. I'm 100% opposed to texting while driving. You just weren't being like a delusional Pollyanna about it. Well, I I will also say this. I've I've felt the need to create a happy narrative around these moments because anytime I've reported them to the police, which Mm. I have multiple times, Mm -hmm. I'll see a traffic cop and I'll say, hey. This guy is violating traffic laws. Yes. The cops multiple times in New York have told me, please stop talking to us about this lady because we have bigger fish to fry. And I'm like, whoa, the number one source of car accidents is not a big enough issue? Okay. And they're like, well, get them after the collision. I'm like, whoa. Uh, Won't they always? Yes. Okay. So, yeah, I don't think I went to a negative assumption place. I just went to a more realistic place. Yeah, it's just like, here are people breaking the law. And we all know people who've been in car accidents and have been hurt badly, don't we? Be true. Yeah. And I just, I don't condone it. It's not safe. Yeah, it's just not safe. In order to be safe, Kristen, let's take a quick break. Check our phones. Ah! <laughs> and then we will return safely sans phones. Yes, Jolenta did not mention we're in a car right now taping this. Oh, yeah. We always tape in cars. Yes. I'm driving. <laughs> we'll be right back. Kristen, we love happiness and we love achieving our goals. But what do you do if there's something interfering with both your happiness and achieving your goals? My answer is BetterHelp Online Counseling. BetterHelp offers licensed professional counselors who are specialized in issues such as depression, anxiety, relationships, trauma, anger, family conflicts, LGBT matters, grief, self-esteem, and more. With BetterHelp, you can connect to a professional counselor in a safe and private online environment and get help at your own time and at your own pace. 
And if for some reason you're not happy with your counselor, you can request a new one at any time for no additional charge. Best of all, it's a truly affordable option. Buy the book listeners even get 10% off your first month with the discount code BTB. So why not get started today? Go to betterhelp.com slash BTB, then simply fill out a questionnaire to help them assess your needs and get matched with a counselor you'll love. That's betterhelp.com slash BTB. Jolenta, we do things for our health every day. We fill our minds with good books. We do our best to improve our mental health. And of course, one thing we do twice a day, and that's brushing our teeth. That's right. We love oral health, too. And that's why we love Quip. Quip is a better electric toothbrush created by dentists and designers. And it was designed to make brushing your teeth more simple, affordable, and even enjoyable. One thing I love about Quip is it runs for three months on one charge. I don't have to be running around looking for batteries all the time, plugging it in, or doing any of those things that a less high-quality toothbrush would force me to do. So true. That's why I love Quip and why they're backed by over 20,000 dental professionals. Quip starts at just $25, and if you go to getquip.com slash buythebook right now, you get your first refill pack free with a Quip electric toothbrush. That's your first refill pack free at G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash buy the book. All right, we are back with our four agreements epilogue. And now let's get to some heavier questions yes, for us. Yes. And just comments. Yes, absolutely. One thing one thing we could all agree on after listening to this episode on the four agreements is that Kristen, you are a badass. Oh. And we got so much love for you this week from our listeners. I just wanted to read you a few of, oh, of the letters the they wrote you. Thank you. Of course. Kristen, this letter comes from another Kristen. Oh, I swear I didn't write it. I did not write One myself Kristen any letters. One Kristen to another. This it's week. true. I saw the email address. It was not from KristenMeinzer.com. This is a different Kristen. Kristen says, Let me start by saying, Kristen, oh my goodness, you are an incredibly well adjusted human being, and clearly you have put in a lot of work for yourself because of what was done to you. The fact that this book literally encourages victims to blame themselves, wow, that is a lot to unpack with our current culture. So let me say it out loud. This is in all caps, you guys. It's never the victim's fault. Never the victim's fault. Anything that encourages a victim-blaming mentality belongs in the trash. There should simply not be room for these beliefs in our society, and it is working against what many people these days are working for. Victim-blaming needs to end. Kristen? Kristen and I agree with you. Yeah, no to victim-blaming. Absolutely no, no, no. Nobody's asking for it. There's no such thing as asking for it. Yep. And I love this letter we got from Desiree Kristen. She points out a strength of yours that I just love. Desiree says, Kristen, I just wanted to give you a virtual hug. Thank you for being so honest and vulnerable when sharing about your abuse and your response to the book. I applaud your readiness to listen to your inner voice and to not accept messages that are damaging. My heart just broke as you talked about your nightmares. You are amazing. Thank you for your strength. Oh, Desiree. There and are so many sweet letters I that know. came in like this. I and just I think was blown away. What I love is Desiree also just pointed out, this is why I chose Kristen to do this project with. Because, like both of you said in your letters, she has worked really hard to get where she is. Like... 
you know, in a career way and in a mental health way. And she's so good at listening to her inner voice when things aren't working, even if they're, you know, given to her as advice. She'll be like, hey, this doesn't work. My internal, you know, litmus test is saying, ew. Yeah. And obviously it takes a ton of work because when you're brought up with all of your instincts amok, where Mm -hmm. your Mm -hmm. instincts are based on, like, all the wrong information, all the wrong stuff that's been fed to you. The rules your instincts are are acting on are faulty. Yes, exactly. So it does take, you know, oh, my gosh, in my case, many years and many therapists and lots of friendship and love and other mistakes and so on that I've made in my life to work. So I don't want to give anyone the impression that I left my father's house and suddenly I was just like, yay, everything's great. I'm happy. Go lucky now. It's just perfect. Yeah. Oh, I'm just nothing but sunshine. It didn't happen that quickly. It really didn't. Um, And I'm thrilled to have my sunny disposition and I'm thrilled to be mostly even-tempered and to be very happy, but it's not like it happened immediately. Yeah. It's a good thing to remember. Yeah. Anywho, thank you everybody who wrote in with so many supportive letters. It's meant a great deal to me. I can't even tell you how happy and relieved I was to see so many letters of support. Jolenta, should we move on now to forgiveness? Oh, do let's. Oh, we got a lot of thoughts on forgiveness. All the thoughts. We got many, many thoughts on them. So April says this. I would first like to say that my heart broke to hear the pain and anguish in the stories relayed. It was very brave for Kristen to share her experiences in such a raw and honest way, and I know others who have walked similar paths will be encouraged by her resilience and overall joy in life despite the horror of childhood abuse. I want to also say, as gently as I can, though, that I think the general attitude of forgiveness on both the show and, frankly, in the world today— just misses what real forgiveness is and does. Forgiveness at its core isn't about anyone else. It's a personal exercise. Forgiveness is not acceptance, pardon, condoning, or re-entry of people who have hurt you into your life. Forgiveness is about recognizing the failings that caused hurt and releasing the poison of hate from our own psyche so that the hurt doesn't continue to kill us from the inside out. Nor is it a process that should allow the abuse or hurt to continue or reoccur. This is a tough call, the forgiveness issue. Oh, I don't think it is. I mean, it is a tough call in that our current societal context of the word forgiveness, I feel like, is murky. Oh, yeah. So culturally speaking, I I think a lot of thought leaders, a lot of religions, I think— a lot of talk show hosts, a lot of best-selling authors, they use a different definition of the word mm-hmm. forgiveness. So they they do what you're saying, April. Uh, they're saying that it means all the same things. That it you're means sort this. of letting go of their poison that you're carrying with them yes. and has nothing to really do with the person who gave you the poison, sort of like the Oprah definition of forgiveness. Yes. And if you like these definitions of the word forgiveness and if that's what helps you to heal with whatever pain you have in life— I say go for it. Use mm-hmm. that definition yeah, if you want for to. Sure. But Jolent and I use the dictionary definition of forgiveness yeah. because, you know, we're just more the people who would use the dictionary. We're very literal. Yes, yes. It is a book show after all. Yeah. So, we, we read books and try to live them literally. We take the word literally. So in dictionary.com, the number one definition of forgiveness is to grant pardon for or remission of an offense, debt, etc. to absolve. And... The second definition is to give up all claim on account of, remit a debt, obligation, etc. So, in short, it means to absolve or to remit. And under those circumstances, Jolenta, you and I, we don't feel the need to forgive everything. Mm-mm. We don't need to absolve lots of stuff. I don't absolve shit. <laughs> I may not carry it around in my psyche anymore, but I'm not going to be like, you're clean. <laughs> 
So, yeah, Jalenta and I use the dictionary, but for folks out there who use other definitions of the word forgiveness, and if that process helps you, we don't want to stop you. We want you to do what you have to do. So do what you have to do. Natasha chimed in on this forgiveness discussion on the Facebook group and responded to April by saying this. As Kristen, other survivors, and mental health professionals have pointed out, the word forgiveness is too loaded when discussing recovery from trauma. I don't think the show is just missing real forgiveness, as you say. My interpretation of Jolenta and Kristen's point was that though some people may benefit from forgiveness, forgiveness does not have to be an end goal of healing, and it can cause further damage for survivors to insist that it should be an end goal. It can be a goal for you and anybody else who benefits from it, but survivors who do not want and are not able to forgive are not missing anything or less healed for it. I'm healed. Yay. Yay. And unforgiving. I mean, for me, this whole forgiveness issue is just an issue of, like, how do you frame your abuse? You can frame it as, like, these are facts. I am garbage. Someone instilled that in me. Or you can be like, oh, my gosh, this was someone else's garbage they projected onto me. I'm not going to carry that projection anymore. But it doesn't mean I have to forgive the person who threw their garbage on me. Mm. Like, they have a garbage issue. (laughs) I also just think there are lots of ways to move on. You got to do what works for you, um, as long as you're not hurting anyone else. Yes. All right. Jolenta, you and I both like this letter from Martha. Martha says, I, too, wanted to chuck out the four agreements when I came to the forgiveness victim part, but I found a way around it. Simply wish your abusers enlightenment and growth, because enlightenment and growth is painful and fucking sucks. Then your abuser has to come face to face with the truth, which will also suck. The end. Yes, Martha. <laughs> I think that's what I do with way more crass words. Oh, in my I don't mind. do that. I love that. I love that you do it. I love that Martha does it. But no, I don't. I don't even want to wish enlightenment on people who have done me wrong. I don't want to wish anything good on them. Nice. Yeah, I like it. You know what? You can reap what you sow. And yeah. One of the things that you sow is you don't get to be friends with me because I'm not going to pay attention to you anymore, and you are missing out. Yeah. Oh, I love that. God, I mean. You are. <laughs> it's so good. I love this side of you. All right, let's read one more forgiveness letter. This one was really beautiful from Catherine. Catherine says, this week's episode struck a chord with me. I really appreciated your guys' stance on forgiveness. I was groomed when I was a teen, and long story short, my groomer used me and then pretended to have cancer and die. It really fucked me up. My Christian upbringing had always emphasized forgiveness, and so I thought this is what I had to do to move on from the trauma. And so after I learned the truth of the situation, I wrote my groomer a final email to say that I know what he did and I forgive him. I never heard back. Now, at 25, my gesture of forgiveness does nothing but tear me apart. As I have worked through therapy to forgive myself for what happened and understand that it was not my fault, I feel so angry at myself for absolving him of his responsibility. He did not deserve my forgiveness. He has not done anything to earn it. It really tears me up to think that it always seems to be the victim who has to do all the hard work to deal with cruelty they never asked for. Sorry to get so heavy. I just wanted to chime in with my own experience as Kristen's words really hit the nail on the head for me. Catherine, my God. Never apologize for getting heavy. I am so sorry you had to go through that. That sounds like a horrible, horrible experience. That was not your fault at all. And I am I'm so sorry that you thought that absolving him is what you had to do. But I feel like that makes perfect sense. It's what's really ingrained in our culture. Yeah. 
is that you're going to have to do all the work of healing and the work of even reminding them that you existed and they fucked you up and then the work of trying to act like you don't care that they don't give a shit. Yeah. Like, it sucks. Forgiveness just leaves the person who does the forgiving feeling worse when it's in this context, and I don't condone that. Yeah. In some contexts, it makes people feel better, but in a lot of contexts, it does not make people feel better at all. It does Mm -hmm. not make the victim feel better. I mean, in the long run, it's really hard to say you forgive someone for passing on bile. They might have gotten it from their abuser, but, like, you never have to excuse passing it on. No. The vast majority of people who are abused don't pass it on. The vast majority of us If you do the math, one in four women has been sexually harassed, assaulted, blah, blah, blah. One in four of us are not running around doing that to someone else. Are we? No. No. The vast majority of us are not doing that. We're not doing it. So it can be done. Let's learn and grow and not pass on our garbage and not forgive other people's garbage they passed and just keep the cycle going. (laughs) On that note. We're going to take another break. You think about that cycle while we're gone. And when we're back, we're going to talk about Jolenta's spelling. Kristen, did you know boobs come in half sizes? Oh, you know I do because I have half cup size bras. What? They come from Third Love. Third Love has more than 70 sizes of cups, including their signature half cup sizes. All you have to do is answer a few simple questions via Third Love's Fit Finder quiz to find your perfect fit in 60 seconds. As someone who struggles to find good bra support and just a good fit in general, I personally vouch for the Third Love Fit Finder. Turns out I'm not a double D. I'm an E according to Third Love, and I have never had bras fit so well. You know one reason they fit so well? Because they have those straps that don't slip, they have tagless labels, and they have lightweight, super thin memory foam cups. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone, so right now they are offering by the book listeners 15% off your first order. Just go to thirdlove.com slash buy the book now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash buy the book for 15% off today. Buy the book! Buy the book! All right, we are back with our buy the book for agreements epilogue with some important conversations to have about spelling, Jolenta, your spelling. What about it? So let's start with this letter from Jesse. Jesse says, Jolenta, spelling. I had a professor at the University of Washington tell my entire class about a study that was done on spelling. It was a 30-year study trying to figure out why some people spell well and other people struggle. The conclusion, as my professor told us, was just that some people are good spellers and some people are not. I find this both hilarious and incredibly helpful. My professor's point was that if you don't spell well, just make sure you use editing software. Over the years, when I start to feel bad about my spelling, I just remember what my professor said and double-check my spelling and move on. Way better than the shame I used to feel in high school about not spelling well. Jesse, thank you. And thank you, University of Washington professor. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder, though, is there a reason why some people are better or worse at spelling? Because that seems like the dumbest conclusion of any 30-year study. I'm obsessed with this conclusion. Just like some people suck at it. Who who did this study? My hero? Okay. Me? It was me. I've been doing this study (laughs) since I was two. (laughs) I was a bad speller then, bad speller now. 
seems like a questionable study to me. I don't care if it's taking you 30 years to come to this conclusion, or maybe I do care. Maybe that's what makes it sound so, if you've spent 30 years on a study and that's your conclusion. I love it. Mm. It just means my brain isn't wired as well as some other people's to fucking spell. Hmm. And come on, everything spell corrects these days. Oh, yeah. No, I'm totally fine with that. I just think the study seems silly. I'm not saying no spelling abilities are I'm not. just saying I don't care if it seems silly because I like its results. <laughs> and that's a good way to go about life. <laughs> Let's read this next letter about spelling. I love this letter. This letter comes from Brian. And Brian says... I still occasionally see people correct my spelling and grammar, even in situations where it seems to be very unimportant. Glad to hear people talking about this. Whether it bothers you or not, take a moment to consider whether this is the hill you want to die on. I might like or love these people, but often don't find it helpful. Brian, I agree. (laughs) Brian, I would like you to personally send this email to my husband, Brad. Because he loves to point out my spelling errors. And I'm like, Brad, in this text message about toilet paper, does it matter I spelled something wrong? No. You know we need toilet paper. Message came across. Like, Mm. who cares? I'd say most situations in life it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. I mean, if someone's going over like a cover letter for a job interview and is like, there's a typo here, that's a great thing. But if someone's like, oh, and by the way, you spelled blah, blah wrong in this random like Slack chat you sent me at work. I don't care. And did you need to correct me? Because that seems more about you needing me to know you're a great speller than you helping me. Or should I just not take that personally? Oh, Jolenta. Oh, well, I was just going to say there are some situations where it makes sense to correct people's spelling. You're a teacher. You're Mm -hmm. a parent. Somebody you're with has asked you to help them to do better with these things. I did years ago have somebody in my life who was just horribly bad at spelling and grammar, and I would never correct her. And mm-hmm. later on, she said, for years, you've been my friend, and you've been this— You didn't tell me. And you didn't tell me. And I'm like, well, I didn't feel the need to. And she felt that I did her a major disservice. And I'm like, well, it's not the kind of friendship I want where I have to correct where you all you the time. you want me to be hypercritical. Yeah, but, I mean, if you want me to do that going forward, I, I guess I can. But I, I, I don't know. I guess my point in all of this is— I don't think someone's stupid because they have some grammar and spelling differences. And I hope most people don't actually see each other that way because of something like that. And we're all writing on our phones and our iPads and they can't understand our fingers. And sometimes (laughs) we're just going to make typos. And that's the world we live in now. We're in the future, you guys. And the future has typos. It does. Or the future corrects all of our typos for us. It doesn't matter anyway. Yay, future. Yay. All right. Well, huge thanks to everyone who wrote in this week. And we hope that everyone listening will join the Facebook community where 10,000 plus people are always sharing their stories, posting pictures of animals and clothes, showing pictures of their nature fixes, of their cute wardrobes and curated closets, of their cleanup efforts, of everything. Yeah. That's true. They have great lives there on that Facebook community. And sometimes they have tough lives too, but everyone's talking about them and being very supportive of each other. So you can find the link to our Facebook community in the show notes for this episode. So just click on the description for this episode and you'll see the link right there to join. There are also links to all of our promo codes because some of you write in being like, what was that code? Click on the description and you'll find out. Okay, enough about our episode descriptions. It's magic time, isn't it? It is magic time. It's time when we introduce next week's book. And our next book is... 
no book. There's no book. (laughs) Instead, we have two announcements for you guys. Announcement one. This is the end of season four. Yes. That was it. The Four Agreements was our eighth book this season. And as always, between seasons, we will be releasing our bonus episodes. They come out every other week. We got Ask Us Anything. We got our season four recap. We got Husbands Tell All. Yes, we have it all. We have it all. And our second announcement is there is an entire secret Stitcher Premium season that we made called By the Book Authors Tell All. In this special Stitcher Premium season, we talk with a different author each episode, most of whom have books that we've lived by, some of whom may not be happy with how we lived by their books, and some of them who are just all around wonderful people who you guys have requested we talk with, like Shad Helmstetter. Yeah. Oh, hey, Shad. And we also talk with a few authors whose books we have not lived by, but who we admire immensely, including Gretchen Rubin, who kicks off things this very minute. We're talking today. Her episode is up on Stitcher Premium. You can listen to Buy the Book Authors Tell All on Stitcher Premium. And for a free month of Stitcher Premium, go to stitcherpremium.com and use the promo code BOOK. Again, that's stitcherpremium.com and use the promo code BOOK to get that special season exclusively with these authors. Huge thank you again to everyone who wrote in this episode. And of course, a huge, huge thank you to our production team at Stitcher, Nora, Richie, and Casey Halford. Thanks also to Nate Wyda, who composed our theme song, and to the Rizzos, who perform our theme song. Reminder, you can always reach us at kristenandjolenta at gmail.com, or you can tweet us at Jolenta G, at Kristen Meinzer, and at By the Book Pod. And be sure to check out our Instagram, at By the Book Pod. Until next time, I'm Jolenta Greenberg. And I'm Kristen Meinzer. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. It's time for another By the Book mini episode. <laughs> Is that the music? <laughs> I'm trying to do the, like, Okay. Stitcher. Whatever struggles you're facing from depression and anxiety to trauma and grief, BetterHelp can connect you with a professional counselor in a safe and private online environment. It's so convenient. You can schedule secure video or phone sessions as well as chat and text with your therapist. And anything you share is completely confidential. And by the book listeners even get 10% off your first month with the discount code BTB. So why not get started? Simply go to betterhelp.com slash BTB and fill out a questionnaire to get matched with a counselor you'll love today. That's betterhelp.com, discount code BTB. Ross has all the spring deals you want, so you can say yes to more looks for you and your budget. Two tops for less? Yes. Dad shorts for the weekend? Yes. Mini skirts for less than online? That's a yes for you and your bank account. Find your certified yes for me moment and save 20 to 60% off department store prices every day at Ross. Hurry in for spring deals today. Items and styles vary by store.